An entitled cop goes on a power trip and becomes belligerent with how he handles the people of the local town. When I have my experience with him, he is horrible to me, so I plot my revenge and I execute this plan masterfully. I make him lose his badge permanently. Here's how it happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. My wife inherited a house and land and begged me to move there. It was somewhere I knew I wouldn't have anything in either of my fields for employment, physical security specialist and force on force analytics and planning. But she got an offer in her field, wildlife management at a salary that matched what we were currently making combined, along with an employment contract, which is rare in the United States, control of our own team and insanely good benefits. Since we have no children and I am the adaptable type and I could see that this meant a lot to her, I agreed. We put our house up for sale and we moved their site unseen. While I am used to and even fond of it now. This place was the land that time forgot. Literally horse and buggy country. And it quickly became clear that for a while she would have to be the sole income while I brought our new property into the modern era. The house literally had no plumbing. There was an outhouse and a manual well pump outside. We decided to buy a used house trailer. Place it on the southernmost part of the property and live in it for a while while I worked on the house. I'm not from this area and the culture shock is intense. My wife had family from there and would spend a few summers there as a child with relatives so she understood the people better than me and being the same height and skin tone she quickly adapted. Meanwhile, standing 8 inches minimum above everyone else and being so white that I showed up from outer space, I had a bit of a harder time but I managed to make some friends eventually. After some time getting everything updated, we came in way under budget since I had decided to learn the skills and do all the work myself. Our immediate area was lovely with good people and trusting neighbors. However, the surrounding counties had developed a meth slash pill problem with all the industries being strict on drug testing once the big H substance came onto the scene. People were starting to make their way out to our area for break-ins, carjackings, and even a few cases of kidnapping for ransom. A couple of senior citizens just outside of town were broken into and beaten and shot to death just for maybe $300 worth of jewelry, a couple of old guns, and their pain meds. Seeing a need in my community, I used the leftover money we had and I bought land in BFE, deemed unfit for development at a steal. The soil levels were too high for housing slash farming and too remote for commercial. After getting permits slash certifications and almost a year of doing all the building and earthworks myself while working at a part-time hospital security job a county over, I started a security self slash home defense and firearms training company. I created local jobs in the nearby county by training armed guards beyond the state's standards, helped people develop a neighborhood watch program, offered neighborhood security patrols at cost, made sure local shops got cameras and had plans and training in place in case of robbery, and worked with individual households to develop their home defense strategies along with offering concealed carry training, advanced firearm training, OC spray, trauma and first aid training, and other things. Somehow, without meaning to, I managed to wedge myself into a unique position where I not only trained people every day, but I got certified to be the guy that all police agencies in the region sent their officers to for state recertification and further training. It turns out before I came along, they had to send their officers almost six hours north to a state facility, which meant they also had to pay for a hotel room for anyone that went up there, as well as two meals and mileage if they didn't drive a squad car. Not to mention that the tactics they taught didn't always translate well to our area. I offered 
offered to do it for a little bit less, and given my location, no hotels or anything else were needed. For the first time in my life, I felt like my work really mattered, that I was making a positive difference for real people, and I look forward to going into my job. In my line of work, I have ended up knowing a lot of the police in my area pretty well, and can say that I even consider a few of them to be friends. The departments I work with get quite a few officers who are newer transfers from other area, as this region of my state has a pretty median average pay grade, and a lot of officers use it as a stepping stone to get to the bigger paying areas, or to get their first bit of experience and head to another state. Now, the ones who have made a life here and decided to stay learned a long time ago that the locals here don't take anything that isn't fair lightly. The people here demand justice, come hell or high water. In the past, corrupt officers have been hanged or beaten to death when the court failed the citizens and didn't punish officers for doing something heinous. One shot an unarmed young person and another let a drunk-slash-drug man die moaning in a cell after a canine unit literally ripped open his abdomen and was heard laughing and joking about it. Both essentially got a long paid vacation and then went right back to work until someone caught up with them. Even one former judge who got a slap on the wrist after being convicted of molesting children went missing and was later found bound to a tree and was apparently set on fire while he was still alive. So the older slash retired officers tended to do a really good job of weeding out the bad apples and reminding newcomers that they are there to help people and protect people, not harm or bully them, which in my experience is not the case with all or even most of the officers in places I have lived before. That was all the backstory that you needed to know to understand the context of how the revenge came to be. So now onto the story. I was doing an armed guard gig during the night shift, filling in for one of my employees who had a family emergency mid shift when a police car spotted me on a perimeter check and pulled into the lot to see who I was. I wasn't wearing a uniform. The place I was guarding received a lot of raw metals that they then melt into various alloys to be shipped off for use elsewhere. It's a crackhead's dream looting spot with the way scrap prices can be for some of the materials there. After figuring out it was me, they decided to sit and hang out a little bit with me. While talking with these officers, I listened to them share about a new hire who transferred from a larger city and they just know was going to cause trouble with the locals. They mentioned how he has that I know better than you attitude and thinks that the piece of metal on his chest means that he is the law. Apparently, he had already raised a bit of a stink because he writes citations for petty things that no other officer in the department has. Driving with one hand, burnt out fog light, plastic being taped over a broken back door window in a car, headlights not being on in the middle of the day while it's raining. He even tried to give a guy a DUI even though he was sitting in the car on blocks in his driveway. The car didn't even have a rear axle. Apparently, he speaks aggressively to anyone who dare interact with him if they aren't a police officer and overall just act like a power tripping D-nozzle. The other officers even noticed that some of the locals have changed their demeanor towards them and seem more distrusting since this guy started and they were genuinely worried that he would turn everyone against them. In the words of one of these officers, With everything in the news these days and the whole nation already being distrusting out of us, I hope we can find something to set that guy straight before he ruins the reputation we work so hard to keep around here. I like that people here will just come up and talk to me. It's the main reason why I stayed here. We brainstormed for a while about how to get through to Officer D and make him change his ways or career, but eventually came up with nothing and had to go back to doing our respective jobs like adults. Two weeks or so after having this chat and hearing similar things for other officers I 
know, I got my first interaction with Officer D. I decided to be the nicest person in the world with him and see if he really is as bad as I had heard. I don't advertise my business on my work vehicle and it is completely unremarkable, but all the officers I know can spot it somehow, so I've gotten in the habit of waving anytime I pass a squad car. On my way to speak with a prospective client about a consultation for their home defense plan, this D-bag pulled me over for waving at him when we passed each other on a two-lane highway. He slammed on his brakes, whips around in the middle of the road, and came flying up behind me so close that I can't see his headlights in any of my mirrors with his flashing lights on and siren blaring. No more than five seconds from the initial greeting, I was enduring this frankly insulting line of questioning with his hand on his pistol grip about why I felt the need to carry a piece on me. In my state, it is required by law that anyone with a CCW slash CCL has to inform the officer and he shared his doubts that 99% of people wouldn't even know how or be able to use it. So just leave it at home. This total jerk wrote me a citation for reckless operation of a vehicle stating that he was justified in doing so because he saw me remove my hand from the wheel. Trying to be diplomatic, I said, I just figured you would appreciate a friendly gesture from someone today. I know I like when somebody gives me a friendly wave. I didn't realize it would be an issue. This absolute insult to humanity blows his gasket, gets in my face yelling at me, threatening to haul my butt downtown and see how friendly I am when I'm hooked up in the back of his car. Says that if he felt like it, he could cost me more in impound fiends and lost wages than I would make in a month. He has no clue what I do or where I work. Then he asked what I thought about that. At this point, I have an internal battle with myself wanting to slam him to the ground and break his skull open on the asphalt to see exactly how empty it was inside. But saner thoughts prevail and I simply handed him my lawyer's business card and stated that any further interactions we had would have to go through her. He looked at that card and threw it back at me. He called me a puss and told me to get out of his sight. Once I got moving in my car, I realized exactly how angry he had made me. I've spent years learning to keep my emotions to a minimum since it could cost someone dearly in my line of work and this jerk was able to boil my blood in just a few minutes. He wasn't a big guy, even for the area, and he didn't carry himself like someone who was confident of their skills. Being that aggressive and having his hand on his pistol grip for most of our interactions spoke volumes as to what kind of person this guy was. What would happen if he decided to pull someone over who didn't have my level of control and acted like that or worse? I decided that the officers I had talked to were definitely not exaggerating and this nincompoop was going to end up getting himself or someone else killed or hurt and something needed to be done about it. First, I went to the court and showed my dash cam video, which got my citation dismissed. I took the rest of the audio and the video to the sheriff of the county that he works for and showed it to him. Then we had a long conversation. He agreed with my assessment of this guy, but said that he couldn't really do much but reprimand him for it and admitted that he would love to just toss him out on his butt. However, he knew that the union would fight to prevent that and at best he would only be gone for a few days to get some training that would most likely go completely ignored. He even cautioned me against filing against him because he figured the guy was the type to take it personal and he didn't want to see anything happen to me. He promised he would do what he could to get rid of this guy, but in most ways his hands were tied. I could tell he hoped that the guy would just move on and become someone else's problem when his minimum time was up. I couldn't help thinking that if he's causing this kind of trouble already, it is only a matter of time before someone around here loses it on this guy and swings at him. 
him. Then, even though the jerk deserves to eat his own teeth, at least, some poor guy will end up with his life ruined or worse. All because Officer D-Bag has a badge and likes to flaunt his power. Feeling as though there was nothing more I could do, I went about my business as usual for the next couple of days. Then, guess who came through my door to schedule with me for their recertification? He didn't know me from Adam and just swaggered about like he owned the place and complained about this being a waste of time and a bunch of bureaucratic nonsense. I had a real Kodak moment when I reminded him of our last interaction. He tried to excuse it as just being by the book and claimed that his hands were tied when it came to the citation and he only acted this way because I had a firearm and he was nervous about that gun so he needed to assert his authority over the situation. By now, I had a large portion of the people that live in my area come through for training and most of them carry daily. Officer D-Bag just confirmed my fears for me and I was going to do what only I could to lay those fears to rest. After all, teaching lessons was what I built my business around. Already forming a plan, I told him that I understood completely and that I operate that way as well. Not even processing how that could affect him, this dum-dum seemed glad to hear that and we sat down to get his paperwork started. The whole time we are doing this, he is bragging about how good of a shot he is and that he looks forward to the day someone wants to F around and find out with him. Hearing the way he thinks makes me both sick and angry. Yes, I carry a piece for self-defense, but I hope that I never have to use it. I spent years learning other techniques to lessen that chance after having to draw it once and built a career teaching others what I have learned. After getting all the paperwork sorted and scheduling a time and date, he asked if he could use my range to get some practice shots in. I even waived my range fee just to see this POS shoot. After going over the range rules, I ran him out of target at 10 yards and signaled the lane hot. He fired all 17 rounds out of his mag at a rapid pace and only about five managed to even hit the target, only one of which was center mass. He repeated this four more times at varying distances and his best score ended up being at five yards out with only 10 shots on the target, of which four were center mass. I suggested he slow his cadence a bit and asked if he wanted my advice. He told me that he's forgot more than I ever knew and to shut my mouth. And so I did. Then he proceeded to run it out 10 yards and shoot one at a time at a slow pace I usually only see from first timers and didn't get a single center mass hit. After seeing the 13 year old girl a few lanes down from him load up and absolutely drill headshots at 15 yards with my range master instructing her, she ended up winning quite a few high level competitions later in life. He made some excuse about needing his sights adjusted and then packed up and the brainless potato head left thinking we were all buddy buddy after a few minutes later. And what happened next was insane. But that is all in part two. Make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you do not miss the notification for part two. It will be in the very next video, but not the first story. So it's not going to be in the title. It will be the second story of the very next video. So have your notifications on so you don't miss it. Or if it's already out, check the top line of the description to go to the video directly after this in the playlist. The most shocking thing in part one that they just seem to brush over pretty quickly is this entire section about vigilante justice. The OP kind of just passes over that. It doesn't make it seem like it's a very big deal, but that mini story about the children and the judge that went missing, who they later found bound to a tree and set on fire while he was alive, that's a pretty big deal to set the stage for what kind of people are living in this town. Ones that apparently will kidnap a judge and set him on fire because his plan 
punishment wasn't severe enough that he had, or if he had any punishment at all. The OP says because of this, the older and retired officers tend to do a really good job of weeding out the bad apples and reminding newcomers that they are there to help people. That's a pretty intense way to do that. So far up to this point in the story, I get that the OP has been wronged by the officer, but I'm not quite sure that the level of severity that he was wronged equals the level of severity of the revenge that is coming at the officer. It seems a little bit skewed at this point in the story, but we will see how this all unfolds in the next one. So if this was you in this specific situation, what kind of creative revenge would you concoct? Let me know down below how you would handle this. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.